Welcome to this week's episode of Guarding the Well podcast, where our aim is to help you have a healthy walk with Jesus. We pray that you're doing well today. Hopefully you've had a great Thanksgiving. If you're listening to this when it was just posted, we just had Thanksgiving and I don't know about you, but I had a great time uh, with my family and uh, I was thinking about this and maybe you can help me out with this. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, I've been noticing a lot of people tell me with Christmas coming up that they do all Christmas stuff, giving gifts and, and everything along those lines, more on Christmas Eve than Christmas Day. What about you? Because growing up, I was always, uh, we always did everything on uh, Christmas Day. I think we went to my aunt's house for for a while uh, just to, to meet with them, not to do like much, but just to visit uh, on Christmas Eve. And I, I think we went to my grandmother's, but most of our stuff was on Christmas Day. What about you? Do you do most of your stuff on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? And is there is there a reason why? I don't know. I was just thinking about this. And so maybe you can help me out with that. But uh, today we are going to start and that's the key word today, start to wrap up our little mini series that we've been doing on Crash and Bird. Uh, if you've been with us over the last couple episodes, you've been noticing that we are uh, trying to look at different people in the scriptures and learn things from their life so that we don't commit it ourselves, that we see in these people things, qualities, traits, characteristics, if you will, that caused them to crash and burn, that they they crashed in their walk with the Lord. And so we're trying to learn from them, glean from them, uh, life lessons, if you will, that would keep us, that would help us not crash and burn in our walk with the Lord. And in that, it helps guard our heart. Um, and so we've been looking at, we've seen David, we've seen Moses, we've seen uh, Samson. We took two weeks to look at Samson. Uh, we looked at King Saul. Uh, we looked at uh, Jonah. I don't know if you got to listen to that episode yet with Jonah, but hopefully you could take it out, uh, take a listen at that. I think it was two episodes ago with that. And today we come to a gentleman that you may not know about. And his name is Asa. And Asa was actually one of the kings of the nation of Israel. But his story has always stood out to me um, for some reason. I, I don't know why. And you could you could read about King Asa in Second Chronicles uh, chapters 14, 15, 16, right in that area, uh, if you'd like. And his story has always stood out to me. And one of the things I want you to realize about King Asa is this. And we're going to take this episode and uh, the next episode and talk about King Asa. And if you're new, uh, we try to keep the episodes under 20 minutes. And hopefully, uh, we're, we're grateful uh, for you tuning in today. But one of the things we learn about uh, King Asa is this. That there is a trap that comes with age if we're not careful. And it's a trap that we can very easily fall into. And it ends, it causes us to not finish well. I've been hearing a statement uh, lately that, um, you know, we need to finish well. Not just start well, but that we need to finish well. And our daily life, how we live our lives right now. So however old you are, whatever is going on in your life right now, however you live your life right now, how you walk with Jesus right now impacts how you will finish your life for Jesus. It really truly does. And so the question is, will we finish well with Jesus or will we crash and burn and not finish well for Jesus? And the key in our, our lives is we, we want to make sure we finish well with Jesus. And, and to 
to do that, we have to guard our, our well. We have to guard our hearts. And so we have to make sure that we finish well and that we do not fall into this snare that is age. And, and I'm going to explain that to you a little bit more because what happened with King Asa is he fell into a snare that comes with age. Um, and you're, you're going to see that. Uh, so just stay with me in a moment. But first, I want to let you in a little bit of King Asa. Because as I said, not a lot of people know who King Asa is. And so I just want to give you this little quick brief uh, background of who he is. And so that you can have this, this idea of, of who he is. Now, King Asa, he is in the family line of King David. And when you get into the history of the nation of Israel, you'll find that the nation of Israel split into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom right after uh, King Solomon died. They kind of had what we could use the term a civil war, if, if you would. And so the kingdom broke into two. There was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. And the southern kingdom is where uh, King David and his line stayed as, as kings and rulers. And they would have some good kings and godly kings, and then they would have horrible kings. And they just had a mix of going back and forth. And King Asa was one of those kings. He was in the family line of King David, and he was the king of the southern kingdom. Get this, for 41 years. Can you imagine being king for 41 years? I'm only 41 years of age. Uh, that's how old I am. Uh, I'm, I'm getting older. Uh, my wife actually asked me uh, yesterday, how, how did you get so old? And she said it tongue-in-cheek, and my response was, one day at a time. And so Asa has been king for uh, the southern kingdom of the nation of Israel for 41 years. And so the question then becomes, was Asa a good king? Was he a godly king, or was he a bad one? Did he follow the Lord, or not really? And the answer to that is, well, yes and no. And here's what I mean by that. For the first 36 years of King Asa's reign, he followed the Lord and he did a lot of great things. He relied on the Lord. He followed the Lord. Uh, the Lord gave Asa and the kingdom peace for, for many, many years. It, it was actually quite very nice. Uh, we could read a couple things about Asa just to see him in this. And in chapter 15 of Second Chronicles, verse 17, we read this. Although he did not remove the high places from Israel, Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord all his life. And so you could say, just like with King David, Asa wasn't perfect. He sinned, but his heart was after the Lord. He followed the Lord. Asa brought in good, godly reform to the nation of Israel. He got rid of false idols in the land, cut down the Asherin pole, which was a place to go and uh, commit false worship, if you would, worship of, of idols and pagans and things along those lines. And even when Asa went into battle, he relied on the Lord, even when he was outnumbered. And you could read this event in 2 Chronicles chapter 14. But Asa is going, going into battle, and some people believe, some scholars believe, that he and his army were outnumbered by a couple hundred thousand men. And so in chapter 14, verse 11 of Second Chronicles, we read this, and this is King Asa's prayer. He says, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you, and in your name we have come against this vast army. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. What a prayer. What faith. Can you imagine if the President of the United States would get up and say a prayer like that and mean it? 
going to battle or just facing something that is, is affecting the whole nation. That's what King Asa did. He relied upon the Lord, and that was his heart. That was his life. Um, for the first 36 years of his reign as king, and he was following the Lord. But something happened. Asa fell into the trap that comes with age. You see, for the last five of five years of King Asa's reign, he ends up ignoring the Lord. He stopped following the Lord, and he didn't finish well. As I said, what happened with Asa is he fell into the trap that comes with age. And you know what that is? You know what that snare is, that trap that comes with age? Asa started to rely on man and not God. That is one of the big things that can cause you and I to crash and burn in our walk with the Lord. It is one of the things that can really attack our hearts, really attack our lives, that we start to rely on mankind, that we rely on other people and other things before we rely on the Lord. We, we see this in the first six verses of Second uh, Chronicles chapter 16, and I'm not going to read it to you. I'm just going to explain it to you. It's the first six verses if you want to read it some other time. But what was taking place was this. Because the nation of Israel had been split into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, every once in a while, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, they would fight. They would have these battles. And in chapter 16, we find one of those battles coming to head. The northern kingdom is coming down and they occupy a city called Ramah and they're getting ready to attack the southern kingdom. And the southern kingdom, they're outnumbered and everything along those lines. And so what does Asa do? Does Asa pray like that prayer I just read to you and say, Lord, we need you. We rely on you. We need you in this battle. Help us, guide us, direct us, provide for us. Does he do anything along those lines? Actually, no, he doesn't. What Asa does is he empties all the banks. He takes all the money out of the treasury. He gets all the money that he can possibly find in the nation, in the kingdom, and he gives it to um, a man who is the king of Aram, who is not even Jewish. And what he says to the king of Aram is this, hey, I will give you this much money if you break your treaty with the northern kingdom and attack them so that they would retreat and then we could fortify ourselves and everything would be okay. And I don't know, growing up, I grew up in the 80s and there was a wrestler. His name was um, the Million Dollar Man. And the funny thing is he's actually a Christian right now and he does a lot of, of ministry and everything along those lines. But he was the Million Dollar Man and he used to say, uh, everybody has a price. And we see that here with the King of Aram. Because King Asa goes, listen, I'll give you all this money. You just need to break treaty with them, have a treaty with me, and I'll give you this money. And so the king of Aram, he has a price. And so you know what he does? He goes, sure, fine. Give me the money. I'll break treaty with them, and I'll have a treaty with you, and, and everything will be great. And that's what happens. Asa gets out of this bind for him and his people by paying off the king of Aram. And he has no money, but at least he's not at war. And you know what? Everybody thought it was a great plan. Because most of the time when something works, we think it's a really amazing plan. But you know what? Everybody thought it was great, but the Lord. The Lord was not happy. And he's going to call Asa out on it. And here's why the Lord wasn't happy. King Asa didn't rely on, on the Lord. 
King Asa relied on the king of Haram, who worshipped false gods, who was a pagan. You see, part of this snare of age is that we can start to rely on others and not God. Is that you right now in your life? Like, take inventory of who or what you are relying upon right now in your lives. See, it's a snare that leads you and I to not finishing well. Because what happens is this. Simply put, you and I, we get into a bind at times. And maybe you've been there. Maybe you're in a bind right now. And maybe it's because uh, financially uh, you're just in a lot of debt. You're living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe you're in a relationship bind. Maybe you're in a bind at work. Maybe it has to do with your health. And it could be a whole host of things that you and I, if you've lived life long enough, it doesn't even have to be that long. You know that things like this come, that we find ourselves in a bind. And you know what we do? We go and rely on others before we call out on the Lord. I'm not saying that we can't have find help from other people or that we can't rely on other people to help us. It is good. It's godly to do that. Uh, Paul tells us in the book of uh, Galatians to carry each other's burdens. And so we are to be able to do that. But we need to rely on the Lord first and foremost. Are you doing that right now today in light of where you're at? Because what happens is this. You and I, we will start to rely upon who's ever the president. We'll start to rely upon the Senate. We'll start to rely upon the Congress. Oh, if they only pass this, if they don't pass that, if they do this, if they do that, if they say this, then everything is going to be okay. They'll get us out of this bind. Everything will trickle down. Everything is going to work out. We will rely on doctors. Now, don't get me wrong. Doctors are amazing people. They're smart. They do a lot of great things. My oldest son has like nine or 10 doctors, I think it is. And eight of them are specialists, if I remember correctly off the top of my head. And so I'm not knocking doctors in any way, shape or form. Uh, I have, you know, we go through a lot of doctor's appointments with my son and everything along those lines. But if we rely on doctors before the Lord, we're not pleasing the Lord. We're falling into that snare of relying on man before we rely on the Lord. If you really think about it, when we rely on who's ever the elected official or a doctor, or if we rely on our spouse or our kids before Jesus, if we rely on our neighbor before Jesus, what we're actually doing is we are relying on imperfect people to help us. And we never call out to the Lord. Or, and this is where age comes in, we rely on ourselves. Did you know that's the snare of age? That's the trap that comes with age. We start to rely on ourselves. Do you know what happens as you get older? You get experience. And the more experience that you and I get in this thing we called life, the more we think we can handle things by ourselves because we've been through so much. I'll give you an example. As a pastor, I've done a lot of funerals over the years. Uh, thankfully, Lord out of God's grace, I haven't done a funeral in uh, quite a while, and I'm very, very thankful for that because most of my funerals are people that I've never met before. The funeral home will call me up and say, hey, uh, we have this person, they passed away, but they don't have anybody to officiate the funeral. Would you be able to do it? And as long as I don't have something uh, that I can't move, I do the funeral. 
And I've done many funerals over the years. I've probably been uh, at and part of close to 100 funerals uh, over the last 20 years or so. And I can very easily sit back when it comes to doing a funeral for somebody that I don't know. I've done funerals for murder victims. I can very easily sit back and go, you know what? I've done this so many times that I could just rely on myself. I can rely upon my experience and go and do a funeral and not give it any second thought. But that isn't what God wants us to do. That's what Satan wants us to do, but that's not what God wants us to do. The Lord wants us to rely on him, not ourselves. As Asa got older, he had more life experience. He had more training. He had more money. And so when something came up in life that rocked his boat, he relied upon himself, he relied upon others before he relied upon the Lord. And because of that, Asa crashed and burned. So let me ask you this. Who are you relying upon in life? Is it your spouse? Is it your candidate to get in the office? Is it another government program? Is it the person in the mirror? Is it the checkbook? Or is it Jesus? Because when we first rely upon Jesus, then we can seek help and guidance from other people because our main reliance is in and upon the person and the work of Jesus. See, as we rely on others and ourselves before Jesus, it sets us up to crash and burn and not finishing well with or for the Lord. That snare reached up and took hold of Asa. Is it you? Is that snare coming up and grabbing hold of you? So who are you relying upon today? To guard your heart, to guard your well, means you rely upon the Lord always, first and foremost, before anybody else, and to do that for all of your life. And when you do that, that helps you to finish well for the Lord. And hopefully that will help you out. As we close this episode, I just want to ask if you could do uh, me a favor here at Guarding the Well. If you could leave us a review, that would be amazing. As you leave a review, uh, if you're on Apple or Podbean or whatever the case may be, if you leave a review, uh, that will actually help us to get out into uh, the ears of more listeners. Uh, You leaving a review will help the the so-called algorithm uh, tell others that this is a good podcast to listen to, and it will put it in front of them uh, as they search and look for things. And so if if you would be so kind to leave us a review on whatever uh, podcast hosting uh, that you have, and maybe even you could could subscribe, uh, that would be a great benefit to us as well. And uh, if you want to touch base with us, we we would love to hear from you. You can leave a comment here on uh, Podbean or you can find our page on Facebook, Guarding the Well, and you can leave us a comment or a question uh, right there on Facebook. Message us through Facebook if you'd like, and um, it would it would be really nice. It would be really appreciated if you, if you could do that. And also, as we're moving into the new year, I'd love to hear if you have any questions, anything that you're trying to process, anything that you think is attacking your heart or attacking your walk in, with the Lord and how you can address that. Let us know. We'd love to uh, answer that in a podcast and uh, help you and help others. And so we, we are so grateful for you. And uh, Hopefully you can leave us a review and scribe, subscribe and share it with somebody else. And uh, we hope you have a great day. You take care.